Listen to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following, following. The following. Is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Yo, man, I'm hungry. Where can we get some breakfast? Matt. 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 Meal. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a very special, special edition of Foodies Watching Movies. I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me, one of the OG Foodies himself, co-creator of the show. Welcome back. AP, how's it going? It's going great. It's been a little bit. Yeah, we've taken some time off, and while I want to make sure people understand now, dude, this is not the start of our fourth season. It is not. This is a kind of a special thing we're doing right now. Emphasized the special special. <laughs> yes. This is, so our tegger- this is our Tegarty Farms Halloween special. Tegarty Farms, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a, yeah, kind of our post-Halloween kind of rundown. We're uh, yeah, kind of bringing the the show back in a sense, but not like not full cast. Not we're just just having some fun. Yeah, and I think this is a, a free form for us to do things that we don't typically do on foodies. I mean, you know, usually when we do an episode, uh, you've been there for a lot of them. We pack a lot into a small amount of time, or sometimes a large amount of time, depending on how hard in the paint we're going. Definitely, uh, it's, it's come a long way since like we did the commentary tracks yeah and that was again you're learning we're cutting our feet we're just trying to get an idea i I definitely like the format we have now and i absolutely love in case you missed it i see why am i uh we have a new show that is essentially an actual riff track show on the network now i was just gonna bring that up yeah there is a new show for those wanting their movie fix called the d list and who's hosting that show nate it's Dave Linder and his buddy John, and we know Dave from Dungeons with Dudes. John is new to the network. He is a super, honestly, man, he has the it factor for podcasting, and it's a shock that this is his first show. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, uh, and not even, like, I, I have a little bit of an advance versus everybody else because I've got the first month of their show already on my computer. I've listened to them all. Uh, you know, because we're trying to make sure that when we launch the show, we do it in a certain way, and that people get it and enjoy it and whatnot. Right. So, it's definitely a it's a it's a new it's a new thing, and it's uh it's not happening super in line with like foodies. It's not like drop it snows. You're not getting overloaded with movie conversation, but it's definitely very specific, and it's definitely very enjoyable. Definitely. Well, once... and... Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say the the format's kind of cool because. The first episode that you listen to is actually a watch-along, and then their episode two is a review of the movie you quote-unquote watched along with them. 
So you oh. get this really nice thing where in a month you're only going to cover one or two movies with them. That is nice. And it and it's a nice um, kind of way to jump in. You're not feel like you have to take in so much information. Like if you have the movie, you can watch along with them and like get the, the fun enjoyment riff track. And then if you've already seen it. You can sometimes just jump to the second episode and be like, Oh yeah, there I got the review, but it's definitely nice to have two episodes to focus on one movie especially when they're doing movies that not a lot of people have seen. Exactly. And they definitely take their time, you know, uh, most episodes, I mean, the movies are hour and a half and whatnot, but like most of their review episodes are at least 50 to an hour. So you're getting a lot of content from those dudes. And I'm really looking forward to that. But in the interim, while they're doing their thing, foodies is going to kind of take a nice little break from our normal. And we're going to kind of focus on very few movies as well but more of a specialty sense because there are some cool events happening. There are some big movies and stuff dropping. And yes. you and I, uh, per your suggestion, uh, went and did something really fucking fun, man. We did. We did a, a first for me. Um, I guess in multiple things. So I remember months back, uh, after we knew this movie was coming out, that they were doing, like, special fathom month screening which i've seen like the ads for but never actually done one and it was for uh kevin smith's new film jay and silent bob reboot which um i know he was into like a reboot road show where like you can go watch the movie with him and then they'll do a q a after but tickets were kind of pricey and with it being kind of close to the holiday season money is always tight for everyone so when i found it, it was coming to my neck of the woods i was like oh that'll be great i've never actually seen a kevin smith movie in theaters despite my trying and I talked to you about it. You were down, and it kind of all kind of worked together. It worked really nicely. Uh, I got to come up to your neck of the woods. We went to a delicious Chinese restaurant. That was really good. I don't remember the name of the place. It was Royal Cantonese. It was a Cantonese place, which is it's just nice. And they had like the typical uh, Chinese food. You like to see it like. Not a super like exotic place. They have a lot of stuff, but it was still really good and nice environment. I I really like that restaurant. Yeah, same. I really dug the. I dug it. Uh, it was really fun to speak really quickly. I just realized I don't want to gloss over this. You were talking about having not been to a Fathom event yourself. It was you, very. You've ahead. been to some before, haven't you? Well, the uh, let's see the the first Fathom event I ever went to was in 2013 for the Doctor Who Day of the Doctor uh, premiere. Oh. So November 23rd of 2013, we were in the movie theaters watching Day of the Doctor. That's the 10th and 11th Doctor 2 part special with the War Doctor's inclusion and the tease of the 13th Doctor and shit. Or the, the 12th Doctor, my fault. Did uh, it have the... Uh... Did it have the 8th intro, or was that just an online thing? Or, like, the 8th the transitioning to the War Doctor? Was that in that, the screening, or was that just separate? It was separate, and only on the Blu-ray or on the webisode, like you had said. So the Blu-ray got it as a special feature and whatnot. But that was my first yeah. Fathom event, and it was totally different and fun, and it was really cool because it was like, you were in a room full of Doctor Who fans. There was no one there that was like, what the fuck is this? Every person knew why they were there, so every person was like, nerding out you heard like who's your favorite companion you'd hear i think martha sucks or you hear sarah jane smith is incredible or or i was like 
man, y'all don't give fucking River Song enough credit. She's the bomb. And Rose, of course, is Rose. The people who uh, don't like Martha? Oh, yeah. There's a real genuine hate for Martha that I don't understand because she's one of my favorites. But that's for I another just, like, podcast. Yeah. Gallifradio coming season two, 2020, I promise. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to forget the other actress' name. I liked Martha. Um, she reminded me a lot of the redhead who came later, not the young one. The uh, What is her name? Amy Pond? Donna. No, Donna. Oh, Donna. Donna Noble. Dr. Donna. Yes, yes. Hell yeah. That calls back Boilers. to early in our friendship, man. We uh, got down on that show back in the day. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, well, go ahead. But why, are we, why are we here today? We uh, So, we went to the Fathom event, and like you said, we were in a room full of Jay and Silent Bob slash Kevin Smith fans, which... Is how you really should watch that movie. Hundred percent. Like I think if you can, like because like you go to like, it's like because I've been to like we've been to like the big blockbuster movies like Endgame is obviously people are there who are super committed like no casual person is going to see Endgame without seeing any of the prior films. It's kind of like that you're going in with people who are like, I know exactly what I'm here to see. Nothing, no matter how cheesy, is gonna it's not, nothing's gonna go over my head. I am here for all of it. Totally, like they they have sold me easily. I will say I'm bummed that we didn't get a poster. That's some bullshit. Yeah, I like the fact that like they got they said they should have one for every seat that they're doing the screening, and that just seems fair. They have I extras because like I I heard some uh, people um, like after the fact that the pe- the place that they got the poster sometimes we put them out like a day before, and they were just gone before the screening even started. I'm like how how mismanaged is the the Fathom event people setting all that up that like not assume that everyone who's going to that specific event is going to want a poster for real like of course I wanted the fucking limited edition poster man right that's half of what sold me all it's like yeah we're it's like poster I'm like especially after I saw the poster I'm like I like it looks like Endgame I want that poster and even went out I even went out to like try and get it and I was like now we're all good I'm like ah come on like they should have them, like, in our seats when we sat down. For real, for real. And I also think it was probably a little bit of our own fault, because we should have, right when we walked in, said, where's the poster? Right. I, I kind of thought they would be by, like, the, the theater entrance, because that's where I expect, like, those same kind of things to be. But... Yeah, but they were, like, right in the front on the desk, which I didn't even see, apparently. Right. And there were a fair amount of people there before us, but it wasn't like we walked in, like, as the movie was starting. We were still there a good 20 minutes early. Totally, uh, and I really enjoyed how the movie had like trivia before it. Yeah, which... that, that was a nice touch because there really wasn't there wasn't any trailers. It kind of just jumped right in. Correct. Yeah, they, did the little, was... they did the intro video, and then that was it. Yep they they did the intro of Jay and Bob or, or Kevin and Jason talking, and then Jay and Bob talking for a second, mm-hmm. and then it was like right boom right into the movie. Yeah, and, that was uh, that, that was nice. I think it's kind of weird though. I'm so used to like, I've trained myself just from seeing movies in theaters so much to watch the, to be used to you sit down, the trailers playing it kind of, you work your way into the movie to like when it drops right in, you're like, Oh, all right, we're here. Let's go. It's just like yeah, a different like, feeling. It's like playing a video game that doesn't have a cutscene opening. Right. Just drops like, you oh. in the world and says, here you go. Good luck. There's, there's no tutorial section. Like it's just figure it out. Like what? Like oh shit okay hold on use my okay we're in a movie so I gotta just watch the movie and see what happens okay great 
Uh, but man, I, before we get into the actual film, and I don't know if we're going to go spoiler mode or non-spoiler mode or how I want to discuss this because there's a lot of different things to talk about for sure. Uh, yeah. I will say, holy shit, is your theater fancy. Yeah, Those seats, even... bro. What? Because yeah. I've never been to a theater out in your neck of the woods, so I don't know. But I the that theater we went to and then my regular one I go to are nice. They both have the reclining seats and stuff. And um, All the theaters here are like Danville Carasodas. The, the seats have been the same since we were kids. It's just Totally, like, uh, yes. Absolutely. And you're like really a no light on the cup holder still yeah the floor might be sticky it's yeah, been sticky forever is. like uh time i think every time i think of you talking about the character theater, i always think of that one food as i wasn't on where someone was sharing way too much info about the movie theater oh yeah um, yeah yeah i'm always like oh I, there are children who go to that theater they need to calm down oh my god uh, yeah man it's gross people are fucked up that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. The Matrix, that's the reality. Yeah. yeah. You know they're making a new one of those, right? Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. It's... I don't understand. I don't even know who's... Who made the... Not not the people. It, what studio made the Matrix? Was it Fox or was it Warner a different Brothers. studio? Oh, it's Warner Brothers. Yep. Hmm. That's... Yep. Uh, well, I the fact that they got um, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss back, I'm I'm I like that, and they got the guy who played um, Black Manta in Aquaman to be the new Neo type person. I guess it's like going to be more his story, but oh, I feel like cool. it, I mean I like I like all the, the people they have involved, but the fact that it like it ended the way it did, I'm like, how are you going to continue this? What if it's just going back to the first movie and he takes the other pill? And just life first resumes, and then he's just noticed things that are weird. And then it's different. Yeah, it's a totally different perspective, and then it's that. Or maybe, I don't know, man. Maybe because it's this other guy's story. I don't know. It's we're, I yeah, guess we're going to just have to. It is really interesting, and I, I don't want me to tangent too much off of that. It, I've been thinking about this, is that a lot of movies that are coming out now are kind of retconning movies that came before it. Like, we saw it with um, that new Terminator movie just ignored... <laughs> Dark Genesis, yeah, it ignored like every movie bef- after two, right? Which is an interesting move. And then I saw something recently that uh, the new Wonder Woman movie is gonna um, retcon Batman v Superman. What? Yeah, it's gonna like you know how the whole thing is like Wonder Woman's been gone since like the forties and Batman v Superman. Yeah. Well, the new movie takes place in the eighties, and it's gonna be it's kind of. Right the fact that she's been hidden, or been like off the grid. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But we haven't even gotten really a trailer on that yet, so we have no idea what's coming. Yeah, but that's not till June of 2020. So there's a little bit of time still. I'm surprised we haven't got a trailer for Black Widow. But I'm assuming, obviously, it's going to be attached to Star Wars. I'm, that's my guess. It's also interesting I mean, that we might that uh, Scarlett Johansson might be an Academy Award winner by the time it comes out. For what? Um, she's in two movies that are getting a lot of buzz. So she's in Jojo Rabbit, which is that Taika Waititi. Yes. And uh, so she's got a supporting role in that that she's really good in. A lot of people are really liking it. And then she also has a lead in this Netflix movie by Noah Baumbach called Marriage Story with her opposite Adam Driver that's like got a ton of awards buzz. Like She got a, a nomination for one of like the Precursor Awards. So 
some people think she has a lock to win this year, so she might. And because she's still in everyone's minds from Endgame, like her 2019 has been on fire. So damn, bro. So she might be going with that, and then um, yeah. So I think that'll just bring a lot more buzz into that movie. So we'll have to see. Scarlett Johansson did hot ones. She did, didn't she? She was great. I was like, man, I like her as a person way more than I expected to. I just watched the Nick Offerman one. Oh, that was very good, too. By the way, do you know who Scarlett Johansson is married to? She's married to the... I don't know if she, Are they actually married? I know she's uh, the guy uh, from Saturday Night Live, Colin Jost, I think. Yeah, they're engaged. Jost. The, I don't know I if they're, they're actually married, married yet. I'm, I thought they were married. I thought that it happened, like a, a private... Uh, ceremony had happened. It Maybe I'm wrong have, about that. It's though. either it's about to happen or it just happened. That's kind of I. I don't know. Yeah, we're not but the either, tabloids. We're not the tabloids, and I. I don't. I don't do the clickbait as much. Batman, a minute, a Batman, a minute, a minute. Oh, now you're gonna make me think about all the Batman casting, but we're gonna get way off topic if we get into that. So we'll save that for another show. We'll come back for that for sure. Definitely, uh, man. No, seeing Jay and Silent Bob reboot was really, really cool. I will say there's one one thing I wish he did not do. What uh what was it? Okay, I so was, I was we were on this Yeah, so I think it's a really bad decision to tell an audience what they're probably gonna feel in a movie. Oh, with the wasn't that during the intro? During the intro, correct. Oh, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think the intro should have been, like... Yeah, because you're just, like... Either you're setting yourself up for... Like, I still felt what he said we were going to feel, but... Then you think about what scene is coming. It's just... Yeah, I realize that it kind of put... It puts a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth about the thing. You're like... Well, couldn't I just figure that out for myself? I think I'm intelligent enough as an audience member to... To be emotionally invested in this, you don't have to tell me what to expect and how to feel. Exactly. But the problem with it is not just coupled with the fact that he said it there. If that would have been the first time I heard him say that, like, you're going to get emotional in some shit and you might cry. Have emotion. He's done that on, like, every interview. Every fucking interview. It's all he talks about. It's like, you might feel something. And it's like, good, I want to feel something, man. I'm going to feel something regardless because I love those characters, man. But don't tell me I'm probably going to cry because, you know what, I'm not going to lie. Did it hit me in the feels? Sure. Did I cry? No. Well, I mean, no. I mean, it was hard for me because, listen, if that same story would have been told with, like, the mother figure being the one who... Uh, she's not aware is her fucking mom or whatever. Like, I would have fucking bawled my eyes out because I have drama with my mom. I connect right. more there. Like, me and my dad are fucking cool. So Maybe. that story does not resonate with me like that. So when he tells me, like, you're going to cry, <sighs> don't give me that hope or right. give me and that expectation, I guess. Yeah, I know he's, he's just that. That's just his personality because he says the thing about, like, Episodes he directs to the Flash, I'm like, and then I'll be like, see it, I'm like, yeah, definitely, but it's, I don't know, that's just him, and it's just, okay, that's fine, but let me, let me figure it out for myself. It's also, like, why, like, his, like, the trailer for the movie, which, even though I loved it, it spoiled, like, every cameo for me, or about 90% of them. There were several spoiled, but there were a couple that uh, couldn't be spoiled, but I got one of them spoiled for me because I'm a wrestling fan. 
Oh yeah, because was didn't didn't they go on one of the wrestling? Like it was supposed to be like they were supposed to do like two wrestling events, but like after he did the one, they wouldn't let him do the other. Like the correct. So he was went on like, a he was on the premiere of AEW Dynamite, which uh, just debuted on TNT a few weeks ago. Jay and Silent Bob went on, and that was cool. They were supposed to also do the debut of Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, but WWE because they are WWE and didn't want to war they uh refused to let jay and silent bob uh yeah go to uh go to wwe smackdown and then on the rich eisen show which call back to the 90s and he's way downtown uh he was talking to kevin smith and jericho which is a crazy thing and they were talking about Jericho's cameo, and they were like, "Well, I guess we're gonna have to spoil it a little bit because you know whatever, but we can't really talk about it." So he like kind of danced around it that the role that Jericho was playing was well, the, a white supremacist, and that we couldn't see the footage because of it because they couldn't, they literally couldn't air anything from that. Right, I, I get it, and I definitely was not. I since I don't, I'm not huge into wrestling. I wasn't prepared going into that but it was that was a surprising scene but do you want to uh well I think before we get into that there was i think i just noticed it more uh this time i feel like they were really doing like the publicity blints for uh this movie more than i think i've seen him do any of his other films like they did that fake uh hot ones not that caused ones. a whole that caused like a small I feel like it was a fake fight. I feel like it was almost like the Disney Sony thing with him and Sean Evans. Yeah. Whatever that's about. Yeah. I just want which, them to get along, damn it. Right. I remember them, there was like a, on the whole tw- uh, Twitter thing, there was like a comment thing that involved, uh, that they were going to do a, like a high ones with the two of them, which I thought would be pretty funny. Oh my God. I'm sold. Yeah. And I, I remember the, the hell out of that. like, yeah, but they did like some ads with like Pornhub. Like they made a fake porn to put on. It was, yeah, they went above and beyond. They were doing like sporting events and stuff. I was like, they're really putting it out there for like an audience that like needs to know his work. Like no one's gonna go in blind to that movie and know what's going on because the majority of that movie is winks and nods to the past. But I think you could still see it and not have any knowledge of any of his work previously, and then be like, "Fuck, now I want to go see his works previously." Like I would feel. Totally confident showing someone completely oblivious to that world, that movie. Right. Because it I mean, was still was... incite laughter. I, I get that. That's definitely true. Like, cause, like, Clerks wasn't my first Kevin Smith film. It was, uh, it was Dogma. Like, that was my jumping in point because the story intrigued me before I really knew Kevin Smith stuff. And I think it was, like, that, then, like, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, and then I went back. It was, it was a weird time. I think I went the same order as you did. I was getting ready to say I went Dogma, Strikes Back. I think I watched Mallrats, and then I watched Clerks because it was harder for me to get a hold of, and then now I have it on Blu-ray, and I'm like, fuck yeah. for some reason, I remember just, I don't know why, it's like a really weird memory that I have of not actually seeing Mallrats, but the seeing the movie cover from Mallrats, like when I was like walking the aisles of like Blockbuster or Family Video, just seeing it there, and like, because you know, it looks like a... It's laid out kind of like a comic book cover. It's got totally, third. absolutely. So I was just like, I was like, what is this? But I know I don't remember watching it until much later. But that's the weird memory that sticks out in my head. Uh. I, th- 
I think this did movie... you go ahead yeah did you uh watch any of his work to prep yourself for this movie or did you go in just with the memories you had come on man I've seen these movies so many times I can pretty much recite them all like without thought but uh no I had I I usually like once a month put on Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back as a night night movie like because it's just usually I get to the spot with the with the monkey scene in the diner and then I'm out you know like that's my <laughs> that's my jump off point like uh but anyways no man I just went in fresh man had had just the the knowledge of of all of my history of Kevin Smith movies and loving him as a human and podcaster and all that stuff. Uh, I definitely, uh, was just blazed out of my mind. I'm not even going to like deny it here where it's, I mean, it was for Jay and silent Bob, bro. I got myself kind of a little too high. It was, it was fun. Actually. Did you hot box yourself on the drive up? I don't, you know, I think that's a misconceived notion. I don't do that, uh, hot boxing kind of stuff. Like, well, I, I, I don't really like hot box, but you you smoked the way like in the car on the way up. Totally, yeah. But I, I mean, I do it in such a manner that like there's little to no smoke that gets in the vehicle at all because I don't like right, that. Right. Like, honestly, I honestly don't know what the difference is. Hot boxes, you just seal yourself up in there and then just le- keep circuit, like you just keep smoking and let the smoke just linger. Is that correct? The, Correct. Yeah. The the concept is uh, the hot box is to you're breathing in smoke that you've already smoked and you just keep breathing it in. So you just are like, essentially, you're no longer breathing oxygen. You're just breathing more weed smoke. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> and, 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 and some people party like that for desired effect. I'm not really one of those people. It's not my shindig, man. But uh, like you have the, the, the rainbow of the more you know. Yeah, so more you there you go. We're teaching people on this foodie special. This is definitely not your typical foodies, folks. Um, exactly. But, like, going into the movie, man, I don't know. I just, again, pay respect to Kevin Smith. I thought, how would he watch the movie? Well, he would be high as shit. So let's go there. And you know what? It was enjoyable. I really loved the experience. The narrative of the movie was absolutely fun and stellar to watch. I, I thoroughly enjoy his ability to partially rip himself off over and over and over again in such a way that it's endearing and not annoying. And uh, to be able to essentially start the movie and tell exactly Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and then throw a shift in that whole idea, home run. Like, absolutely loved it. Yes, I I agree, and I like I went in sober as a judge, and yeah, still as a as a judge. I love that. That's the benchmark. So judges you know, are I'm sure, sober. And I'm pretty sure there's judges that aren't sober, but that's just I think that's just a saying. But yeah, okay, I fair enough. Definitely, definitely fell right into the movie. Fell right into the nostalgia, which is sometimes it's good just to visit a movie like that. Because I did watch Strike Back. Within the week of seeing the movie, I don't remember exactly when I watched it, but it was within like yeah, a few days to a week out, just to kind of like refresh some of the points, uh, see revisit some of the characters that I haven't seen of in a long time, and the cameos, like the the Goodwill Hunting two bit. It's always just fun little bits going on there. Oh man, hilarious! George Carlin's bit and Strikes Back has always always gets me. Uh, 
couple that with Carrie Fisher's little her yeah, little cameos. It's sad, I know like if they were still around that they would have also had cameos in this one, but it's it's nice. I loved the tributes they made where they could. Totally, and I I will absolutely. It's really interesting, man. We were I don't know if we were outside waiting or if we were at the restaurant somewhere. We were talking, and I was like, "Do you think they're gonna do like a early Stan Lee cameo?" And they're like, oh. they kind and they kind of like paid that off. Yeah, it did. They had a. I like how it, they had a kind of a. I don't want to say a relic. They had a. A tribute to it. It's just like I'm trying to th- now. I can't think of what it is. It's like a tribute. It's just like a big like a monument. It was a monument. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with his like glasses and the sweatshirt and stuff. Like I love that. Stan the man having that like just like honorary Roland Banky shop and whatnot. And uh, they just made the. I don't know. They just they found a way to make the perfect movie to call back all these things how they did. Like Yes, I I agree. It was just it hit all the right it hit all the right notes and it was just for fans of like the the pat, the previous movies were just just fans of Kevin Smith in general. It was all like yeah, cuz like there were so many moments I feel like paid true to his life outside of his films. But I thought it was great. I don't know. We're not going to have definitely have a negative review of this movie. <laughs> I don't think we're having any negative thoughts on this film, no. Uh, so I don't know. Do we want to like kind of dive into like a spoilery section of this where we talk a little bit about the actual narrative and some of the shit we witnessed? Yeah, or Yeah, I think it would be hard to do this movie without spoiling it because I feel like any part that we would talk about would spoil bits of the movie. Yeah, you're right, though. So I, th- I think we should just jump in. I think if anyone wants to listen, they should have... At least be familiar with his work and have seen the movie. Like, even though if you missed the Fathom, I know it played in some theaters. I think it's still playing in a lot of theaters. Yeah, it's playing, like... I know with the, at least the movie there's around me, because there's been so many movies that have come out since then. It's on, like, weird times. Like, hey, you can see it, like, Wednesday at 3. I'm like, well, I have a day job. That doesn't help me. But first time, they just have the opportunity to see it. I know that's how I almost saw Yoga Hosers in theater, was it was like... Just take a half day and go see it at like noon on a on like a Tuesday, but it's also, fine. Also, the, the internet will get a hold of it soon enough, and we'll have they'll have it everywhere because that's how the oh, world works now. Oh, and I know you you're you're good at finding those sometimes, or at least being aware of them existing. Like it's out there now. The day has come. Like what? Yep. I always keep my eye on that stuff, man, because you never know. I mean, it's somebody like, might fuck up and accidentally leak it, like, tomorrow, and you're like, oh, shit, got to get a hold of it. Right. It's like it might be in a different language, or it might have different language subtitles, but you will find it. Like, yeah, you, and you'll watch it, too. You'll enjoy every minute of it. Oh, yeah. Shit, man. Oh. Well, I think we've stalled long enough on this. You're yes. 30 minutes in, officially. We just want to let you guys know, no turning back. We're spoiling Jay and Silent Bob. Reboot in three two one all right man hit me with it tell me what your thoughts are uh just in the early goings of this movie like let's talk about it yeah i i thought it was interesting that it kind of it didn't like it just it opened almost right where like strike back and all this films left off which if you've seen the trailer you know exactly 
where it is it's right in front of the right in front of the quick stop which even though it wasn't the store the storefront wasn't in they filmed it to film it somewhere else because reasons but they they converted the RST video into a into a a a, a fake chicken restaurant that was actually an undercover dispensary which i think is hilarious cock smokers yeah and i i just and they like they threw right away with the throwback to the the first man himself of the viewisk universe with uh dante hicks getting arrested in front of his in front of the quick stop that he's been working at for 30 years now which for some reason there's something wrong with the lock again <laughs> uh sorry i don't really don't want to spoil it. i will get to it at the end but i just loved that payoff it's like oh. the rogue it's the rogue one of kevin smith bits yes oh well said uh but uh you know they end up getting arrested and they have to go to court because they're distributing weed spoiler alert they have real weed now they do i saw that that was a part of their little promotion and they had it was the same brands of what they had on them in the film these like three special strains that only had like one one joint out of it was they had one joint amount. And they were all labeled, and I thought it was a nice touch. They had it like, like they're uh, they're holy jewels, just on them, just ready. Yes, absolutely. Uh, oh. So, spoiler alert: Do you know that the their lawyer in the movie is a subtle uh, crossover to a universe that Kevin Smith does not own? Yes, um, Justin Long, who's been. Um, with Kevin Smith since he did uh, Live Free or Die Hard way back in the early 2000s? Like, 04, I feel like it was. Yeah, I was going to say 03, but I think you're right, 04. Yeah, so, um, as as most, any Kevin Smith know, there was a movie he made that he didn't... I don't know if he wrote it. I don't think he did. I think he just came on as director, which was uh, Zack and Miri Make a Porno, which starred Elizabeth Banks and Seth Rogen... And Justin Long had a um, played a character named Brandon Saint Randy, who's a um, a very interesting sounding uh, gay man who was in a relationship with a CW star and former Superman and soon to be Superman again, Brandon Routh. He's got a real deep voice. He does, and it's like just the the his inflection, the way he talks, like it's. It's a weird accent. It's like, I don't know what he's... But they never mention his name. But he has he's playing the same personality, same weird, subtle uh, references to, like, Grinder, And I was just like, what the hell? Because, like, you can't make mention. Like, you can't be uh, Attorney St. Randy. It just doesn't work. I'm your lawyer, Attorney St. Randy. Can you uh, <laughs> sign here, please? Yeah. Which he does get them to sign here, please. Yeah, I, I really thought that was a fun bait and switch. And the fact that... <laughs> I like... We didn't really touch on it, but I like how they've... Uh, they utilized technology with Silent Bob. that Because he doesn't talk, he, he uh, texts. He emojis. Pretty, he emojis, but it's... Always like he's about to text like a paragraph, and it's like just a symbol. or a, Just like uh, a smiley or a winky or a heart. Yes. Uh, 
But I, but I, I like that setup in that right away we had, we had a bunch of cameos even like within like the first ten minutes of the movie because we had, uh, David Desmalchin was one of the, the FBI raid people at the very beginning. Yep, from Ant Man. Yes, and Dark Knight and a bunch of stuff. So he's he was also in the Flash, and also in the Flash he was uh, Abraca or he was uh, a- Abra- yeah Abracadabra. Yeah. yeah, and then in that courtroom scene, we had uh, Craig Robinson. He and, was the judge. Uh, he was the judge. The bailiff was God. What is his name? Joe Manganiello. Man- Manganiello? Yeah, Man- Manganiello. Yeah, you you yeah. got it. Nice job. Uh, um, Jason Muse's wife was also the other bailiff. Nice catch. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Um. Oh, so we had Brandon St. Randy, or Justin Long playing a Brandon St. Randy type because of legal reasons. Um, the other attorney, like the redhead, she actually, um, Kevin, remember Kevin Smith, like for a minute made a, uh, a show about him working a weed store yes. that like never got very far. She was on that show with him. So I think that was kind of nice that he brought her back. Oh, that's a cool, subtle thing. Yeah. And then like. We got to see how it played out with, um, first them getting off their whole, um, arrest because it, uh, I can't remember what, the, how they actually got it to go away. They were filming remember? a movie, right? They oh, said that's it was for right. a movie and it wasn't real weed. And then they were like, oh, cool. But they signed off their rights so that they could no longer be called Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, that was the. That was a nice twist to the whole um, similar story that we saw with uh, James Holland Bob Strike Back. Is like they want to get their identities back as much as because that's their that's their names. As, and we, they, as soon as we go to Hollywood and stop these Miramax fucks from making this movie about me, uh, I'm surprised there was no subtle jabs at Miramax, knowing what's happened with um, with the people in charge and all of that. Honestly, but I, maybe think they, maybe... it, I think it's because it grosses Kevin Smith out because he even came out and was like, if I would have had any idea that's how things were being done, yeah. nope, I wouldn't have, I would, he was like, I would have rather not had a career. Right, I never said that, he said, take it, I don't want to be, res- like, I don't want to be associated with that much pain and hurt to other people, which he's, he's a very sincere guy, he's one of the nicest guys in Hollywood, you can't, totally I totally agree. get it. But it, but it was nice to kind of replace them with the with the studio that also was making that was producing this film. So it was very meta right off the bat. The Saban films, which everyone knows Saban remembers their childhood. Exactly. Power Rangers. So that that was kind of fun. Because uh, they go they go right from the courtroom scene to the to the Brody scene, right? Yeah, they go to Banky's new shop, uh, which is in a mall now, I think, right? It's yes, not like a because, storefront. Yeah, and it shows like a mostly abandoned mall because, which is a nice throwback to Mall Rats, which is where you first met Brody. And Also, and I wonder know, if that's footage that they got uh, when they initially were going to film Mall Rats too, because I don't know if you remember this, but the original mall they filmed Mall Rats in was going to be demolished. 
And Kevin Smith right. made some sort of deal that was like, I'm going to film the movie before you guys demolish it in there. Uh, but I don't think that happened. So I wonder if that was like a quick couple seconds of footage from that time. I don't, I don't think it was, but it's really interesting how Kevin Smith tends to find sets from like, like real life places that are about to be torn down because where they filmed Clerks 2, that was like a Burger King that was slated to be demolished that they convinced to let him delay it like a month for them to use it. The church where they filmed Dogma was already closed at that point. It was interesting that they that Kevin Smith was able to find these places and fix them up just enough to use them for a couple extra weeks. It's goddamn smart it's what it is. It's why build a set when there's this building that's serving utilized that fits the bill. Correct. So we go to the banky scene where we find out that they're rebooting Jay and Silent Bob's Blunt Man and Chronic? What? Yes. We saw it. the way you see if any of you goes to a comic book shop now, you know that on the back of a lot of comics they have ads for upcoming either new comic runs, an animated film, a new big screen movie. Like I remember when Batman v Superman was on the horizon, that's all they had on the back was that or they had Justice League stuff. It was just Whatever they think they can get, even though I feel like it's almost backwards, like, people who are getting the comics are probably seeing the movie aren't ready. It's the people that are seeing the movies that should be seeing the comics, but... Bingo, well said, bro. That, and, and they used to do those kind of cross-promotional things, which I actually wanted to bring that up, too. I do think they did miss an opportunity to have a Blunt Man and Chronic comic coincide with this, or have it as a giveaway... Because I would have loved to have walked away with an actual comic of that universe. Yes. I remember you you were really surprised when you saw about that Chasing Dogma uh, trade paperback that existed. Yes. Crazy that it, like, finishes those stories, kind of. Yeah. And there is, a, there is a Jay and Silent Bob comic that exists, but it's not a, uh, it's not a Blunt Man and Chronic, even though I think that would be cool. They could have made, made it just like the... I think Philip Kensington made that easily with just like the characters from the uh from the new movie, like the Melissa Benoist Val Kilmer version, have like couple issues that just give you backstory on them because it really you only get a taste of their dynamic in the story. But that's Man. jumping about like an hour and a half into that movie. Yeah, we're it's okay. We're kinda of, we're gonna kinda of be all over the place a little bit about it. But like so, Banky essentially tells them, like, that there's a thing called Chronicon. Yes, and which is, like, a, based on the logo, it's a very much a play on, like, the Comic-Con that's, like, big in San Diego where everyone sees every bit of pop culture around. But, uh, they, you know, they kind of get the the same mission in their head that they got in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Because they kind of go, well, we're going to Chronicon to stop these fucks from rebooting this movie, or to, I think they're gonna kill Kevin Smith or something, right? Like the, like right? Because that's the they, super meta thing about it is that Kevin Smith owns the rights to Jay and Silent Bob. Yes, I like how Kevin Smith is playing a different Kevin. Like it's he's playing a a slightly Kevin Smith. Like it's a more. A more Hollywood Kevin Smith, like 
turned up to 11, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit angry behind the scenes and, like, like it's the kind of stuff, like, we see, but it's, like, he's just hamming it up in, like, the side things with him, like, yelling at, like, cameramen and stuff like that. I'm just like, yeah, that's not Kevin Smith, but I like that he's having fun playing himself, which is nice. So they start their journey to... I, is it Hollywood that they're going to? I'm not sure even where the... Is it in San Diego? It was in... Or was it Vegas? I'm not... I have to... Let me look. I'm trying to remember where the, actually the... Minor the detail that we can't even remember. Yeah, it, it wasn't a major point, but I remember to get there, they were going to fly. That was their first thing. They were going to go get tickets and just fly there to confront them so maybe it was hollywood but i don't think it was i didn't let me look real quick you keep talking and i, I really part of me thinks that it's las vegas but they uh are gonna like ap says fly there they instead decide they're gonna take an uber which brings us to our next cameo because it's fred armistead it was it was, uh, it was la oh okay LA. It, was, it was la chronicon okay so they convince uh, Fred Armiston's Uber driver character. It's not. It's not Lyft or Uber. It's uh, uh it was something kind of like pornographic. Ride, like, me, ride now. me, ride me now. Yeah. yeah uh, and, and I love we we almost walked over the uh, the Ralph Garman cameo about how they were able to get their their ride me now. Oh yeah, he's being an asshole. And yeah, uh, lists off his credit card guy. number. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna say my credit card to you so fucking slowly that anybody around me could hear it and write it down. Yeah, I love so that. Jay and just, like, Silent Bob do. and just like typing it. In. I was like, uh, that was oh, uh, Molly Shannon had a cameo as well. Yes, yeah, she was the. Uh... Yeah, she was the the front desk person at the at the airport, the ticket person. Who doesn't let them fly because they're felons? Yeah, there was um Yeah, they were felons. They did they did the little bit about Too Fat to Fly, which is a a Kevin Smith real life situation he put in the film. Yeah, and I feel like Call them Snack Pack. Yeah, at some point in the movie, they also referenced a real thing that happened with Jason Mewes getting arrested while, like, driving high on heroin or some shit. Yeah, it was, um... Was it, like, with the the airbags deployed and stuff? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Uh, There was a whole thing about that. But they drive to Chicago. Fred Armiston and Jay and Silent Bob drive to Chicago, and, of course, on the drive there, uh... Jay and Bob are sparking it up in the back because why wouldn't they? Right. And and the du- and Fred Armisen's like, are you smoking weed? Thank God, man. Somebody dumped back there and it's impossible to get a shit smell out. Like They're like, oh, gross. He also had the you know, like the oven in the front of the car. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, were they mini corn dogs or something. It was some weird... Frozen like, mini corn dogs, yeah. That were like kid friendly, but it was some reason like co opted by the white power community. Yes, absolutely. 
I can't remember what they were called. They were fucking hilarious, though. Uh, but they essentially decide they're going to let their they get their Uber driver to smoke weed. And they stop off at a movies. They do, which I thought that was nice. They were able to they recreate a movies just for one scene in the film, which is straight out of uh, Dogma and Clerks 2. Yeah, and also a, a little bit of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Oh, that's obviously. true. Exactly. Uh, there's a very, very hilarious uh, scene that happens there. But uh, I don't remember what exactly... Oh, while they're in there getting food, the Uber driver gets arrested. Right, because they, they said since the guy's never had weed before, they gave him one of the three fancy joints that they had. Probably Snoochie Boochies. Yeah, I can't remember what each one said. It was uh, Snoochie Boochies, Snoogans, and there's another one that I can't, I can't never remember the third one. Right, but I remember they said, like, if anyone should have it, they should smoke the best first or whatever. And then as they're inside, just, like, figuring out what they want to order, he gets arrested and, dra- and drug off. But I remember they talked about, they uh, Silent Bob was also vegan like Kevin Smith was, which I think was kind of funny. Very they definitely so. joked about that a lot in the movie. And then uh, we actually got a cameo from Kevin Smith's actual wife, which I thought was fun. She was, uh, what was her name? It was, uh, I don't remember. I can't remember. But either way, she was just an employee there, and uh, they thought he was making something provocative when he he was ordering... uh, he was just or- he wanted to order something vegan, but it, uh, it the one girl was right and they told it, and then she took her him to the bathroom, and they they hooked up, and then that was a whole fun moment. Yeah, well, Kevin, of, or, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say instead of uh, Jay being all horned up in the movies this time, Silent Bob's getting some action at the movies. Yeah, have you ever had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Uh. Negative. 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 Also, the third but, strain is Berserker. Oh, that makes sense. Snoogan, Snoochie Boochies, and Berserker. Nice. Well, and that actually, while that scene happens, it kind of propels the plot forward because the, the TV was on, showing the news, and we got to uh, revisit uh, a favorite character from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh my god, it's Justice. Justice Falcon. And she is a news anchor lady. Isn't she the weather? Like Chicago's favorite weather woman or something? uh, That's right. She is Chicago's favorite weather woman. Very good. Uh, And they, of course, set out on a quest to find her. Just to rekindle the spark. And, I mean, things get weird, obviously. But that's where the movie really gets set in motion. Yeah, it went a little... uh... With a little Jason Voorhees with a with a hockey mask, just taken out. I was like, "What the hell is happening?" Yeah, which was cool. Also, kind of a cool reference to Dogma. Oh, right, with the subtly the the, the skater uh, demons, or I don't I don't know if they were actually demons or just like possessed by Jason Lee's character for sure. Yeah, they were kind of undead. Cause I remember, there was like the. The smell of like flies buzzing whenever they were nearby. It was, it was different, but yeah, that was it was nice. But hockey's always been throughout. I think all of his films in some capacity. Totally, absolutely. 
so we find out that Jay has a daughter. Yes. Uh, with Love Justice. her name. Millennium Falcon? It's Millennium Falcon, because that's uh, their last name, the family. So Falcon. Falcon. So it's it's a it's a fun Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon. It's 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 cute. Uh, it was just nice to see Shannon Elizabeth back, who doesn't look like she's aged a day since Strike Back. Nope, still killing it. She's like fifty four or something. Even brought back another um, actress from Clerks too, who's done a bunch of stuff since then. So I'm I'm happy that she came back. Um, which was um, Rosario Dawson. I can't remember what she was in the movie. My brain is not. She was a. Uh, <gasps> oh, the wife. She was the wife. She thought he was a, uh, a Mister, and it, it was not. It was a Mrs. Jay was like, okay. Yeah, that was, and it was like, they obviously had known because, who uh, their daughter was. It was, oh, you're that, you're that guy. You're that Jay. Like, oh my god, I've heard so much about you. Holy fuck. Everything tracks. And how they were just... I know they look crazy, but that's just what people from New Jersey look like. And it was... It was yeah. awesome. Uh, so they are going on vacation or out of town and leaving Millennium behind. Where... Because yeah, she was like 18, I think. So it, was like, it wasn't like they had to worry about like getting like a babysitter or someone to watch her. She was just fine on her own. Correct. She was pretty much out of high school. And... She uh, propositions Jay and Bob, essentially threatens them, really, that they're going to take her to Chronicon. Oh, yeah, because she plays it, like, sweetly at first about, like, can you can you take us to to Hollywood with you? And, and then, like, I remember that was the moment where, like, Jay was like, all right, this is my moment to be a dad. Fuck no. Right. <laughs> and then the, the nice act dropped, <laughs> and she was about to, like, Cut them. Just like... I'm gonna fucking stab you. Whoa! Okay, looks like we're taking you. Uh, so they take off, and then some crazy happens, and Jay and Silent Bob wake up sexing each other, looking like, oh, in the yeah, middle of the you, road. Because you... We almost... Yeah, but uh, before that point, we got the first... Reference to edibles in Jay and Silent Bob and in that whole Viewisk universe. I don't think they've ever mentioned it before. Oh, really? Yeah, because remember uh, in the back she's talk about uh, eating an edible and they said like this. We have a crazy on. This isn't going to affect us one bit. And they each took like big chunks of it and then just zonked out. And that's when they met uh, the Method Man and Red Man. Oh they yeah, they. Weird- they uh, they tripped out like crazy. The chocolate edibles they eat the chocolate edibles and they go fucking out. Yeah. And you, they you get edibles. S- yeah. Side tangent. Yeah, totally. They All don't right, do I, that. I they just... don't do that to me. That's not a place I've ever been. But uh, they can be strong. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you have no tolerance for that, I feel like it can because it's just so easy. Because it, the way it metabolizes in your body is so different. Uh, well, in, for an edible to work, you have to actually have an empty stomach, and for smoking to work, you actually have to have a fat, soluble, full stomach. 
of interesting goodness yeah because that's how thc is ingested in your body when you smoke it is through fat so that's a little bit of science for you but if your stomach is empty it immediately hits your bloodstream because it's ingested differently that makes sense yeah um and then one time i ate a cookie that was inedible and then i forgot that i had eaten that cookie and i saw that i had another cookie and i was like oh my god I have a whole uneaten one of these. I'm just going to have it. So now oh, no. I'm two cookies in. And that was not a fun time. Oh, gosh. That is where, I mean, that's like stuck in it. And it's oh, not yeah. fun. It's not fun at all. Did, uh, I, but, did, I, did I ever tell you that my uh, my brother had, um, at his wedding, they had, um, it was like they they did cupcakes instead of a regular cake, but someone made weed cupcakes as on the side, and someone had one that was thought it was a regular cupcake, and did oh not my, have a good time. Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> they thought they were oh, like that's the, the kind of wedding I want to be at. God damn! <laughs> oh man, yeah that that that's an experience. But getting back, so they had that little um, life experience with uh, with Red Man and Method Man, and they came to. In the middle of like a highway, basically, uh, looked like they were they were intimate, fully clothed. No, they were not fully clothed. No, it was it was pretty much ass eaten, bro. Yeah, that's that. that, that Jay was, was like pants down, ass up, with Bob's yeah, was... face in his ass. Oh man! Uh, but of course. And that's the only thing that two guys have been friends their whole lives can do without, like, being super weirded out. Yeah, totally, totally. And then, obviously, the magic of movie magic and making things look like they are that they aren't. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I'm sure he was wearing something. It wasn't just bare. Totally, totally, yeah. No, but, even if it, but even if it was, I don't think I would have. It would have phased either of them. Totally, <laughs> totally. You're right. They're ultra-comfortable with each other. But, uh, essentially... Millennium Falcon has a uh, Falcon has a plan. She sets in motion to take out yeah, this perp. She has a, so she has a posse. Yeah, she does that have we a posse. Because there was like a there was a deaf girl that we met the same time we met Millennium Falcon. Like you saw in yep. the trailer, it was like the I need to see a blood test moment, and that's just uh, just one of her friends, kind of like rolling out her little her closest little, friend. Yeah, yeah. And then we get to meet two other friends who are. Showing like a very diverse, very uh, rebooted uh, crew. Like no, no two, no two of them were the same race. All that it was just all just a good mixed bag of. So you had the little Asian young girl, women. right? Yeah, that was that. Uh, that Sean Yu or whatever, the one who was podcasting perpetually. That was her. That was her. Yeah. Thing. Yep, she had to podcast everything that she saw in America because she was an exchange student. Yeah, she was sending it back to China about or wherever. I think she was, it was from China. Her American like, experience, right? Yes, and then they had a uh, a Muslim character named Jihad, which I was really surprised that that flew by or like they'd let that be a thing. Well, uh, it's 2019, bro. Yeah, you can be what named ever you want to be named. They're like, oh shit, we can't can't fault them for that. Right. It's just a design choice, man. But no. Uh, so they essentially like knock out this perp who we actually find in a post credit scene is not really a post credit scene. I guess it was kind of like a 
bonus scene that they deleted or whatever uh, is actually like a Jesus freak who's not trying to get with little girls. Yeah, that was his whole thing. He was just like he's trying to convert them. Right. That was just that's why it was a very religious van. But we don't really get that from the from the moment. You're like, oh. That makes that makes more sense. Cause I really thought it was just like, why would this have a really religious really van and then like trying to get with a woman through like uh or not really like, a girl through a uh essentially like a skeevy app. Yeah. So I, don't like know. A... I really hope those kind of apps don't exist, but in the world we live in I wouldn't be surprised. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. But like uh... the whole thing was like I love the little like blueprints that are like with like big like white sharpie marker on these like big actual like blueprints which is a, a fun throwback to mall rats, mall rats. hell yeah which so definitely they... is proving more that millie is his daughter is like yeah she's she's me essentially totally totally well said uh but it's funny too because then a part of that plan is to get rid of jay and bob and yes they kind of do. They get shaken. They get shaken off. The girls shake them off and take off, but they end up in really bad times. Oh, yeah, because that was Fred Armisen uh, comes back and, like, attacks their van, and then they, like, get out to stop them, and that's when they drive off, right? Isn't that how Correct. it happens? And then the girls end up at the KKK meeting. Oh, right. That was, like, in, like, a... It was like a junk, not a junkyard. It was just like in like, there was sort of like it was like a gravel yard. Yeah, kind of like in a quarry type thing. Uh, and the leader of the KKK is fucking Chris Jericho. Uh, hilarious cameo. And this is also the scene where Silent Bob is not so silent. It is not. It he I think he's that he's talked the most in this, I think in that moment than he ever has. Yeah, I would say I would say it's his largest speaking role. It's his largest, like his like monologues. Like he's done like long monologues. Like his one in a uh, in Chasing Amy was pretty long, but his one yeah, in Dogma is real short. No ticket. I liked that, but yeah, it yeah that was a that was quite the thing. And that it I don't know. It definitely I think that one scene. So not a little bit, but I think it just—they just had to have a random situation that they would stumble across, like they have in other movies. It just—I was not expecting a Ku Klux Klan rally. Yeah, it was really—it was just really funny and unexpected, and and made for some hilarious times. Obviously, Jay and Bob saved them. Uh, then they get back on their trip to uh, Chronicon, and they make it. They do. And then the really greatest question of all time is asked. Why is everybody dressed like you guys? Oh, yeah. I I, I loved that setup just because it was like... It was so... Because there's people who go to Comic-Con dressed as Jay and Silent Bob or Kevin Smith. And, like, it's just... It was funny to be that meta of, like... Because there are people that were, like, wearing, like, the hockey jerseys and the backwards baseball cap and... I, I thought it was funny, and they had the whole Hot Topic showing the actual merch they have for sale, which I thought yes. was pretty funny. And Snoochie like, Boochies saw... for equality. Oh, I like that shirt. Uh, I remember seeing, uh, jumping out, I remember seeing um, Jason Muse's daughter had that shirt, and all she had to say is, why 
why are you and or why is daddy and uncle Kevin kissing? And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's that kid's gonna have an interesting life, but I think one of the best. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so we got to see um, that split. We got to see Chris Hemsworth, kind of. Oh yeah, with his, uh, I'm not really Chris Hemsworth. Don't grab me for pictures. Don't fondle me. I Don't just... fondle me. I've already asked you not to fondle me. Yeah, the got to see some uncomfortable grinding by some of the the girl gang. I was just like, ah. He's just like, ah. Yeah, that was. I just, I just like Chris Hemsworth again. As you know, I'm still not real. This is just a hologram. Like, uh, again, I'm... still not real. Just a hologram. Yeah, I like that. Was... No grinding on me, please. Yeah, he, that 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 was a fun little bit. I that was one of the I did not expect Chris Hemsworth to be in it. Good ass cameo for sure. Definitely, uh, and this... I love a lot of these cameos because they weren't. There was never a lot of scenes where multiple cameo characters were there together. I know they filmed a lot of them by themselves and just kind of inserted them into the scene. And that one I think was the easiest because it's literally he probably was just like behind a green screen. They just like. Put him in as a hologram. Easy peasy. Takes five seconds. Makes yeah. sense, too. It's kind of fun. Right. But, so we got to see... Um, so, uh, Jay and Bob go through... Is this when they go through a series of revolving doors? Is that before or after they, uh, they sit down for the trailer? I don't remember how that order went. Because there's, like, the- one where they, they, they sit and they watch the trailer, but I think... I can't remember if that was before. I think that was. It was after they walk through and like go through like, they see like comic book men and the clerks panel and. They see yeah, how- they see all those things because the the clerks panel makes everything go black and white, which is cool. Even them, which I thought was pretty funny, and I and it was a lo- all the cast from the original, which I thought was fun. I don't know if uh, if the guy who played uh, Randall was there though. It was a kind of a. A blink and you missed it moment. He was not there because I th- I'm pretty sure at that time he still had beef with Kevin Smith that was squashed like literally the day it released. Right. Like I don't know if it was so, with him, but it was just with his any of his films just because of the bad blood from the studio stuff. But still, it definitely was nice. But I liked the comic book man panel just because I liked that show and it was nice to see all those guys there for it. Correct, Amundo. Oh, and then we got to st- and then. I think my favorite cameo in the film came right after that when they walked into a uh, a Blunt Man Beyond panel with Holden McNeil, played famously by Kevin Smith's old, old friend that they rekindled their friendship, Ben Affleck. Amazing. What a um, moment. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that. And I remember, I think I pointed out the whole, it was Blunt Man Beyond because you didn't catch that in the moment, I think. I didn't actually. Cause I remember it was on like the on the projector screen behind him. I saw uh, some something man beyond. It. Then I saw when they did another scene that was blunt man. I'm like, which would be kind of funny because Holden McDeal was always a it was a stand-in for Kevin Smith at that one point. So it made sense that after all this, like his character after all that stuff would do a podcast after the blunt man thing after he sold off and the character was gone and stuff. Perfect. It's t- it's the perfect narrative. Uh, I, I love that we got a Chasing Amy sequel in there. 
yeah, like a little nine-minute scene that wraps everything up nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did some nice callbacks. The daughter shows up. Like it was played by just... Jason Mewes' daughter, which I thought was adorable because you got to see even in the in the scene, which I know was genuine, was was Jay interacting with the kid the way I'm sure Jason Mewes does in real life. Which yeah. Yeah, and I I just loved that whole thing and getting um. Oh, what was her name? Uh, Joey Lauren Adams, who played Alyssa Jones, back to just revisit her character and their whole little story, and they even got um. Because I I watched Chasing Amy too right before that, just because it's it's I it's a good movie. I just hadn't seen it in a long time, so I I watched that too, right around the time I watched Strike Back. So I had both those more fresh in my mind than they probably would have been but the fact that it was uh i never realized this, that it was kevin smith's sister played the the woman she marries after holden which i thought was pretty funny put his whole Actually, family in that I d- film i didn't know that that's awesome yeah there's there's so many like cameos that like you don't even see until way after the fact not even re- like i was at the moment i just realized that after i saw the the credits of chasing amy where it was like oh Cool. All right. So, yeah. So that that whole scene. I I don't know how you felt, but I was just the movie could have ended there, and I would have been like, "All right, I'm good. This is everything I wanted." Yeah, it it did a great job bringing those characters back in, giving uh you know uh Ben Affleck a really meaningful role. It was really that was a really heartfelt scene for me, and one of the moments that kind of got me a little bit because. Uh, I, I just based on all the interviews that Kevin Smith has ever done about, about Ben Affleck, he, that, that, that was like a one take scene for him. Right. He studied and got himself in that role and that was his heart on a sleeve. Just saying those things. They didn't have to rehearse it a hundred times. He didn't have to ask what the fucking line was. He bled that line. That was him. Right. Which I think was great. It was very genuine. They updated the, uh. Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. They updated that, which I thought was nice. A nice little subtle thing at Batman. Oh. Affleck was the bomb as Batman, though. Oh, yeah. That was... And I love that it, it had so much emotional resonance for to let Jay realize that he needs to be there for his daughter because he's realized that at the end of the day, that's all that matters is this this kid, which spoke to Jason Muse as a person, Jay as a character. It was That was great. It definitely set the rest of the, the stage... For the rest of the movie. Which really quickly shifts into like a... Um, full-blown an active, action film? A, a full-blown action film, act of betrayal, like, kind of has it all. They're spies and shit. Oh, yeah, it, it went... It ranked up from, like, a typical Kevin Smith film to, like, up to 11. Like, because we go from there to the, the set where they had uh, Kevin Smith do the intro of the scene with uh, Val Kilmer and Melissa Benoist. Play, like doing a very like cause i remember when it came out in the trailer people thought it was like genuine like it wasn't a an in joke about how bad this movie was supposed to be yeah with like the act the over-the-top acting and all that i'm like yeah if anyone knows kevin smith this is not how he would direct uh an intense scene if you've seen any of his cw stuff correct he does it so much better yeah the only thing i was bummed about is i thought i remembered at one point hearing that like um that some of the guys from the Flash were going to be uh, in the movie, they were not. Yeah, they were not. But I remember like hearing like when he was talking about filming that uh, that uh, 
the guy who played Barry Allen and Cisco were supposed to be around, and maybe they got substituted in for Chris Wood and the other guy from Supergirl. So maybe that's what happened. But because I kind of one point I thought they were going to go to uh, that the movie was being filmed in Vancouver and they were going to have that thing with like all the CW people, but it was still great. I still loved it. Yeah, man, and uh, you know we get the scene. The scene's got a uh, Tommy Chong cameo. Yes, it's about to go up and smoke. Yeah, as Alfred, that shit's hilarious. And I love they uh, made use of Val Kilmer, even though he uh, he doesn't have a, vo- a really a voice anymore because of it's like he had like throat cancer or something. Yes, major happened. So he has cancer. His voice is like either I don't know if he can still talk or his voice is just really messed up. I don't know. Because he, he did a movie that I saw where someone actually dubbed his voice in the movie. Like, it was after his... Really? Stuff. Like, he did like he did all of his lines, like, himself, but they kind of dubbed over him, or he dubbed over himself once his voice was better. I don't remember, but it was... It just looked weird, because it wasn't, like, 100% lined up, and I... It was, um... It was that horror movie, The Snowman, with, uh, Michael Fassbender. Oh, I need to see that. I haven't seen it. it it's not a great movie. <laughs> You're like, but don't. Just, I wouldn't waste your time. It... It was like a... Not to get off topic, but it was like... It was like a, for some reason, like they decided to adapt the seventh book of a like a mystery series into a movie without any of the previous context, and they're like, "It'll be fine." And I was like, because I remember getting the book uh, for Liz because she wanted to read it. And it's literally like you need the other previous books to get it. I'm like, why would they make a movie about a, that? I what? Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like what are you doing? But uh, we get the betrayal because the little Asian gal who's a part of the crew is actually a Russian spy. That was a uh, unexpected, and her, like her like spot on like Russian accent. I was like, the hell did they do? Oh, nailed it, man! It was amazing and hilarious. You get uh, oh. an awesome moment with Silent Bob becoming Iron Bob, I think. Yeah, well, there was uh, there was two moments. Do you remember the? Uh... I can't remember if that was bef- no, it was before that they had the uh, the mirror moment with Silent Bob and Kevin Smith. Oh they yeah, because they did the bait and switch before that. That's right, the bait and switch to get uh, to get Kevin Smith off stage. Right. And remember put they had Silent uh, Bob there. I-, I loved that they were just both. You watched my door and it was like, it was like what the hell <laughs> knocked. That's going to be like a weird mental thing for him because a lot of people see Kevin Smith and see Silent Bob and it's just, that was a fun little moment. And then they had Silent Bob playing Kevin Smith, which was funny. But he didn't talk. Yeah, that was, he got, he heard his voice. He can't say anything. Oh, that's, but he said, I could talk. Like, oh, super smart writing, man. Seriously. I loved it. Yes. Yeah, and the Iron Bob scene I think was great because as a big fan of Iron Man one, that was just love seeing like the 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 HOD with a uh, Silent Bob in the in the suit and taking out the uh, oh what were the what were the clo- uh, the cock blocker um, or cock knocker minions called. Oh, I cannot remember, but there were a lot of them. They were like robot dudes. Yeah, they had like 
They're like stormtroopers, but with like giant fists or like one giant fist. Yeah, because Cockknocker, obviously. Yeah. That was good. Uh, but ultimately, they save the day. Mm-hmm. Jay and Bob save the day. Oh yeah, because then oh, because in that scene is also when Jay revealed that he was uh his fa- her father. Yeah. Did a I'm your father moment. Very and she was like, what? Uh, very yeah. Star Wars esque. Super beautiful though. Again, touching mm-hmm. moment. Yes. Uh, they get them back to. They take them back, right, to to uh, Chicago. Yeah, I think it runs... The Getting everyone back to where they came from ran pretty fast, because I don't know how they got to Jersey. I'm not sure. I don't remember how... Maybe they just dropped the other girls off, and then they continued on. I don't remember. Because all of a sudden, it like, cut to them like walking up to... The quick, the quick stop, stop again. Uh-huh, and just leaning against the door, and they're just... Just talking and sharing the story, and you get to see them talking and how you just gotta find a person to be by your side, and then they just cut to like Silent Bob, who's like just crying and like texting a big heart emoji to them. That was probably a really easy probably, scene for him to film. Comes up was probably crying and watching like his. I think it was they call it his son and his daughter because Jason Mew was always like a his. Sonny to take care of. Yeah, I, I I like that. Well, I just think bad that like uh, his uh, his daughter was like an infant, or not an infant, like a toddler in front of that in front of the quick stop when she was playing a young Silent Bob at one point. To see her as a grown adult in a scene in front of the same building is probably like just like warmed his heart to oblivion. Totally, 100%. And especially, you know, thinking at one point in time this movie might not have been made, so to have that kind of like full circle moment. And Mm -hmm. it'd be really interesting, I'm not going to lie, if uh, Harley Quinn Smith decides to follow in her father's footsteps of making movies and maybe keeps the Viewisk universe alive after Kevin is no longer. I I wouldn't be surprised if she does move into directing. I know she's acting. Like, she's in that, um, she's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood um she was i remember seeing something on twitter today or yesterday that uh she came out for a stop on the road show tour because she was filming a pilot for something so she's definitely getting out there and i wouldn't be surprised if she carries the torch i mean when her name is harley quinn smith you can kind of get in doors that are previously closed to you and i think her daughter her he definitely passed a lot of his skill and stuff to his daughter that she could carry that in her own way and I'm sure that's what he hopes would happen, is that he could pass the torch, because he wants to see his universe live on after him and Jay are gone. I mean, it would be a beautiful thing for that to continue on, to be able to yeah, tell those is. stories, to be able to create new shenanigans, create a new, not necessarily Jay and Bob, but you can have, I mean, Jay and Silent Bob are archetypes of characters that were in Strange Brew, and... Um, right. and Cheech and Chong and I mean these kind of different characters so that can right. carry on and it'd be, it just, it'd be really nifty if it was something you know by her hand right. I guess and it's not like but like at the same time like Kevin Smith's still he's not even 50 yet he's still like there's directors that are in their 80s making movies like I don't think we're, he's going anywhere anytime soon but I think they'll 
there'll be some nice sure that there'll be a pass in the torch at some point in our lifetime of him and his daughter but I'm definitely I'm all here for it I'm this stuff is my jam and and we know we're getting more on the horizon because they did announce right before it came out about Clerks 3 like talk to the guy who played Randall and their things are things are looking good absolutely I hope that we of course Clerks 3 was totally re re reinvigorated now because of his involvement so the movie's right. already taken a whole new shape and everything and I know they're fast tracking it so right because um, they didn't make a because they didn't make a Clerks 3 at a he wrote a script for Clerks 3 they did like a a live reading of it at like uh, old playhouse back in Jersey I remember reading about but it was like he made that script years ago and it was a much darker story and now it's gonna be and we know the plot it was basically um I can spoil it on here cause I think I've told you the plot already that he's talked about in interviews it's basically uh Dante has a heart attack and realizes he doesn't want to spend the rest of his life at a quick stop and wants to live his dreams and his dream is essentially making the movie Clerks like he makes a story of his life as like a director and then that's it closes that chapter of the view universe of like going full circle man uh that would have been an interesting movie it's also interesting to note that like kevin smith kind of had the heart attack well yeah this is this is the new story i'm sorry i kind of jumped ahead that's the movie they're making oh that is the yeah, new that's... story that is like it's it's what the story he thought of after the heart attack was like to because he was always like he was always a surrogate for these characters he created so or they were surrogates for him so to have his traumatic like wanting to go back to his toy box story was I don't remember what the original one I know it was like it was dark and it was about um I think it was just the two of them had a falling out I think was like more of the story but I it I don't remember for sure but either way I'm all here for it if they. I definitely think I'll save him money and maybe... If, I'm assuming since this Roadshow thing is doing amazingly well, he's going to do this for his future releases, which I'm all game for. If they want to do that, if they ever make a another story... A, Shit, maybe Clerks 3 will go to that one. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. That would be fun. Because I still want to... I really still want to meet the guy in person. Same. Like, I don't feel like paying hundreds of dollars for a meet and greet, but I would like to, to meet him at some point in my life. I absolutely would love to meet Kevin Smith. He's my fucking hero in a lot of ways. Cause yes, well, you were him for Halloween. Yeah. yeah, I did do Silent Bob ish for Halloween. That's like a that was a thirty second throw together costume that well, I just you, was all like, you had was an overcoat and a backwards whistle cap, and you would normally wear hats, so it was just turn your hat around, grab a big overcoat, and you're Silent Bob. It was even better, too, because I had this fucking chest cold and I couldn't talk hardly, so I just didn't speak to little kids, and it was also kind of weird because not a single fucking one of them knew what I was. Yeah, they're just like, what the... You're a guy in a coat. Okay. Just a fat man in an overcoat. Like They're like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? And I just right. didn't say anything, and then like this kid came up and he had a purge mask on, dude. I was like, oh my god, you're going to murder me. Ah, uh, the purge cut. It's such an easy costume. You just wear like a suit. Or, like, a nice clothing and just put this mask on and you're like, yeah, you can... But this kid's mask lit up, bro. It was crazy. Oh, dang. It was like a neon purge mask. It was wild. Freaked me the mother F out. Really yeah, did. definitely. So, uh, let's, let's figure it out, man. Out of five stars, what do you give this awesome uh, reboot film? 
six stars. No, <laughs> no, uh, definitely. I, 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 I know some people who might like or aren't fans of his could find things they don't like about this movie, but I, it checked all my boxes. It's five out of five for sure for me. Hundred percent. Ship it. It's fucking like, perfect. Just, if you're a Kevin Smith fan, this is the perfect movie because it gives you a little bit of a, a little bit of a Chasing Amy sequel, a little bit of a Mallrats sequel. You kind of get a, a taste and a little bit of your uh, Jay and Silent Bob sequel and a reboot all together, while still being totally unique and genuine to its own story, which is really hard to pull off. Right, and I love they still acknowledge dogma. They still acknowledge the fact that God. God's a woman looks like Alanis Morissette, and they just kept like bringing that up. I was like, we didn't even mention oh. that. Yeah, we did. That was kind of a Matt sorry. Damon had an amazing cameo. Oh yeah, because the fact that even though it looked that way, Loki didn't die, according to Kevin Smith in the the story in Dogma, and actually like kind of narrated a bit of the movie, which I he think re- was fun. He re- he decided to reform himself and to be a better person. Now that he was trapped on Earth permanently. Right. Now being the third time that Matt Damon has played Loki. Hey. Considering he played uh, Loki in Thor Ragnarok as well. Yes. That's one guy I want to see. I think Kevin Smith and Taika Waititi would have a fun rapport. Ooh. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree with you, man. Uh, well... I think that's... I mean, do you have anything else to add before we officially jump out of here? I I don't. That I think we talked a lot. We definitely changed around a bit, but so is the nature when it comes to the network. But hey. yeah, I definitely... I cannot wait until I can get this movie on Blu-ray because I am going to watch so much of it again. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a, a deal with you. January of 2020... Illinois is going to have a recreational cannabis, and they're going to have dispensaries. Yes. If if they start selling the Jay and Silent Bob strain, we're making it like a quote-unquote date where I don't care which one, but we're going to smoke one and watch Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back into reboot, and that's the plan. <laughs> okay. Like... Actually... Yeah. That's, that sounds like a plan. It does suck, though. I, uh... Even though it's uh, legal, it's still companies in Illinois can still fire someone for having weed in their system. Uh, actually, no, they cannot. The new legislature does not allow that. I've I actually studied up on that. I can I can inform you more off the podcast if you would like me to, because uh, I'm a super nerd. But no, the new legislature Illinois put in that is that it's actually a discrimination and they cannot fire you. Interesting. And most Illinois places are not going to be actually drug testing for cannabis anymore. Right. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be worried about it, but it's something that, did like, we had a, a health insurance meeting this week, and it had come up, and they said that it's still their discretion. They, if they do test and they do find it in your system, they can fire you. Because it's a, whatever, a no-fault, or not a no-fault, the no-reason firing thing. Which oh, is really yeah. stupid, because the... Um, Unlike alcohol, weed stays in your system for quite a while by comparison. Oh, yeah, you could go to a trip to Vegas and come back a month later and they're going to still ding you. It doesn't make any damn sense. That's a whole other podcast. We could totally... That's a voice of survival. That's Totally tangent into very, very quickly. Definitely. There's, but, a, lot of pl- uh, there's a lot of places that could go. But, yeah, I think that's that should be a definitely a good stopping point. Should even on a high note, 
Definitely, if you haven't seen it, go see Jane Silent Bob reboot. It's probably uh, playing. You said it on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's probably playing somewhere in the area. If you uh, if you like Google Jane Silent Bob reboot showtimes, it'll probably there's probably something playing within a couple hours of you. I know I could probably search it right now, and there's probably it playing it like two or three theaters by me. Hell yeah. Well, folks, before we get out of here, as always, you can find Foodies Watching Movies podcast. Well, maybe every other Wednesday you might be hearing us a little bit more frequently, even though we aren't officially a part of our fourth season yet, so don't hold us to it. But you can check out the Journey into Comics Network on Apple Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Also, patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a dollar. We'll give you a holler. Also, if we hit this new thing that you guys are going to hear about on The Voice of Survival where I claim that if we can hit a $100 a month goal on the network on our Patreon, I'm going to have everybody vote for how many people affiliated with the network are going to do an ultra spicy hot wings challenge with me. Ooh, that sounds like fun. And it's going to be brutal. But whoever is involved is going to have a fun time. So is there going to be a poll? Yeah, we're going to poll what members of the network people want to see on there. I will say there are going to be maybe two people or three people that will be excluded because of medical reasons, inability to ingest spice very well or things of that nature. Uh, don't want to kill anybody on our network now. No. Uh, you, might have those, you might have those problems after the challenge. but You may have those someone... problems after those challenge. Lava butt is a real thing. Uh. But. Oh my gosh! Or don't don't double dip like I did. Oh God! You went for round two on that Hellboy, and it was a mistake. And I was like, I, I think I might die, or my tongue might fall off. But yeah, definitely, I'm up for that. I think that's a good incentive and something that we can plug on all the shows. It's just hey, like, man. don't vote for me. If you're a fan of me, vote for any of the other podcast hosts. I totally, don't want to yeah. die. <laughs> It'd be funny though if it just was like me and everybody voted for one other person, which was Dick. I just, I just think it'd be hilarious if there? everyone voted for a different person, so it was like a, a multi-way tie, so everyone had to do it. Oh my god, it would be so brutal. It's like, alright, everyone line up. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone, here we go. Or Nate has to do it with every single person separately, so Nate just dies a little extra. Oh! Um, well, I don't have an inside anymore, it's now become my outside. <laughs> Nate's just like, I have to just live in the bathroom for the next month. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. But no, no, hot sauces are good. We're going to have some fun with it. That's a foodies thing for sure. But AP, is there anything else you want to add before we officially wrap this bad boy? No, I think think we're good. Definitely check out all the other shows on the network because they're all great and they're all different. And yeah, definitely stay tuned for more foodies specials coming in the next few weeks. So yeah, and in the meantime, have a happy holiday. Yeah, we'll see you guys later. This has been Foodies Watching Movies. Nate and AP, signing out. Bye.